Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome ass. Yo, yo, ah, now. Tune in to Al Joe the Funk Master. Watch a grill yoga knock out cold faster. Talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the man are off the back. You in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches. They find home on your mind about a double. It's the weekly scraps. You don't need a map. GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow disease. Planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, how you may It ain't safe, it ain't safe, motherfucker. motherfucker. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. We have UFC San Diego in the books now. Crazy uh, main event, which was wild. But before we get into that, I want to discuss what happened. Yesterday after the fights, which was just so random how it happened. Um Aljo got crossfaded and did some jujitsu. <laughs> Somehow, some way I'm watching the fights with the boys, drinking my my rum, drinking my bourbon, and then somehow we were gonna go watch Matt Favola grapple. Yeah. And it was like a couple team tournament kind of thing. I don't know how it was like I guess three like on three. Three so. on three. If you beat, if like somebody beats somebody on your team, the next guy goes, and it's yeah. like whoever wins. I don't know how. It, that was my first jujitsu tournament experience. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, the only thing that was a little of a wild card for me was somehow I ended up there to go watch Matt Favola, and then I'm competing. It's like I did one of these, and I was in the octagon in a rash guard and shorts. It was Bruh. wild. It all unfolded very slowly, but very quick at the same time. Yeah. Like, you just randomly decided I'm going to be like Michael Jordan and just take everything competitively. <laughs> Crazy, because we get there and I'm like, I'm drunk. I didn't even smoke. We just got to the arena. And uh, that was Marub. Um, We just got there. And then uh, just being there, I'm looking around the, the venue. This is my second time at a high roller uh, event. Oh. And then... We walk in, I'm shits and giggles. I'm just like, oh, there goes Marab calling you now. Should I just answer him? <laughs> yeah, she answered him. Brother. What's going on? We're recording the weekly scraps. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> What's up, bro? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Nice. I'm um, sorry. Okay, you guys finish him. Talk to you later. Are you, are you coming to the house? Uh. I have to eat uh, because I'm trying to eat on the time, and then after, yes, I'm coming house. Yeah. Are you training later? Yes, a little later. Okay, I'll, we'll film that. Okay. Okay. Uh, anything you need, guys? No, no, we're okay. Okay. See. Ah. Uh, this man. Fight week. This man just started his weight cut, and he's asking what we need. Yeah, fight week. Um is upon us right now so we got a couple more days before Pressure's he on. gets locked up in a cage with the king of rio that should be Bro, a fun one I'm and so a life-changing fight for marab Lit, um, yeah 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 so we get to the arena the high rollers venue um it's a warehouse and we walk in i'm kind of just looking around and i'm just like oh man you i wish i knew about this i would have i would have competed and then the guy goes oh you want to compete and i'm kind of like Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll compete. Drunk and high at this point. <laughs> well, well, just drunk. Just drunk at the moment. And then he goes, we get you a rash guard, bro. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, let me know. But I'm, I'm like, oh, this shit's not going to happen. 
So he's like, all right, we got a rash guard for you. I was like, ah, oh, that's crazy. You know what? I don't, I don't have any shorts, though. You know, I don't have any shorts, so I, <laughs> I can't, you know. He goes, ah, I think I have a new pair of shorts that I haven't even worn yet in my car. And I'm just like, uh, all right. Digging the whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. Go get those shorts. I'm in. And then he goes, he asked the guy, they say it was like kind of too late. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I would have definitely competed, bro. And then they come back to me again and they go, yeah, we're able to make it happen. You could go with this guy named Tiki. This guy is an interesting guy, just kind of an entertainer. Yeah. And um, That's the guy you fought? No, that was the, the other guy who was kind of like dancing around in the cage oh, and yeah, kind of yeah. like showboating and all I'll that show stuff. Him on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll put a clip up. Then. So he just comes up to me. He's talking shit. And then I, you know, I, I dropped a couple of hot bars real quick, battle rapping him. And I, I had to show him what's up real quick. And then he tried to battle rap back and it was awful. I was like, bro. <laughs> his didn't rhyme. It didn't rhyme at all. He I just don't... kept saying the same words at the end of his sentence. Yeah, it was not good. Yours was actually good, though. It was, I was only because I was drunk. But you were like. Coming up with it quick, you like yeah. smoke, provoke. <laughs> I'm gonna choke. <laughs> like yeah. and it made sense with the context of the situation. I will bring the heat. You got the smoke, bro. I, I think that's heat. a joke. Cause you coming out here, you talking, trying to provoke. What's about to happen in that cage? You get smoke. Man, you don't want to step in the cage with a man like me. I'm the one that burns the wood. I'm the one that chops the wood. Okay. I come with the work. Okay. You really want to get chopped like some wood? Brain like the work? Yes. Please get down. I can't crazy. I can't coop. Yeah, yeah. So then he came over with his other teammate, which was his partner, Damien. And uh, he was like, who, like, which one of us do you want to go with? And I'm looking at Damien. I'm kind of like, well, you look like more of this uh, serious competitor right here. You got this guy who's kind of like clowning around. I'm looking at his physique. I'm like, you look bigger to me, but you don't look like you're really like going to take this serious. Like, like I, I want to go against a guy who's going to be more competitive because that's just how I am. Yeah, yeah. So, so not Tiki. So not Tiki. Yeah. Tiki was like the entertainer guy. Yeah, yeah. So I went with Damien. And I was like, I felt like I seen him before, but maybe I didn't. I thought maybe I rolled with him at 10th Planet or Syndicate MMA. He said he has been to Syndicate before. So I was like, okay. maybe it was over there. Okay. But I don't know if I actually rolled with him. But it was cool. We end up, long story short, man, uh, I took a couple hits beforehand, uh, maybe four. Uh, I'm a lightweight, so four hits, and then I was already, like, booming, ready to go. So Yeah, how high were you? I, I, was, I was pretty, I was not on the planet. Really? I was definitely in orbit. Because you, you seemed, like, pretty chill. I was. I had to calm myself down. I was okay. like, I was in a daze. At the same time, I'm drunk. I'm like... Well, I just talked myself into this one, and I guess I can't back out now because they already kind of announced it. I'm like, shit, what the hell did I can't just get myself into? fucking guy anywhere. And then next you know, Matt's like, yo, we should probably start warming up. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Last thing I want to do is get hurt because I didn't warm up for some random smokers match kind of thing. Um, so we start flowing, whatever. I start feeling good. I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe I got something in the tank for this guy. Um, obviously, the bigger man, he was about 182, maybe 85. And this that morning I was like 164 pounds before sparring with Marab. So oh, and this yeah, morning you sparred yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and I sparred in the morning. I actually weighed myself today and I was 162 and a half. And I ate that Damn. brisket last night. So dang, I'm actually shocked because I thought I was gonna be a lot heavier, but I feel good. I'm in a good spot right now and drinking like that all all day watching the fights. That could be why. Yeah, maybe it makes you kind of dehydrate. Well, I only ate twice. 
I ate after sparring because I didn't eat before sparring again like yeah. a psychopath. And then I ate at night and two meals for the day. So, uh, yeah. That's true. But we had a good match, man. It was competitive. Um, you know, he was trying to get me to shoot. And he taunted me in the beginning. He goes, I'm going to teach you what the guillotine is because I heard he tapped like three guys in a row with a guillotine. So me being a wrestler, like that was the first thing I was thinking. I was like, all right, I'm going to shoot, double leg, take this guy's ass down. And then when he told me that, I was like, I don't know if he's bluffing or maybe he does have a really good choke, so let me pivot. And then when he sat to his butt, started butt scooting, and I was like, ah, oh, one of these guys. Um, scooting around. So I managed to, like, just smash pass a couple times, and then I was able to pass the guard, transition to mount. And then when I got to the mount, I did the, the famous Matt Sarah serpent tongue. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Matt's got a fight like that, I think, in the UFC where he does that, which is hilarious. Yeah, so I was like... I, I had to channel my, my inner, the terror, Matt Serra. You also, like, you were going for, what, the head and arm choke? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you, like, didn't He defended. And you so I was like, all right, ground and pound. Punches. Ground and pound. Then he got up right away. Yeah. He's like, all right, he's fucking around. Let me get up. Yeah, yeah. He bumped me up and uh, managed to kind of hit a little hip escape going for the legs. And I, I had to be careful with that position. He thought he made me tap. I was like, dude, I, like... Pushed off your fucking leg, bro. Ain't no way I tapped in that position. I'm like, you didn't have it dead to rise. If you had it dead to rise, I have no problem saying uncle. But I was like, I, I got a split second window to escape. And I got out and uh, got to win the match in overtime. So uh, it was a fun match. The kid was tough. I would like to roll with him some more. I feel like he would be a good training partner to have. Um, the only thing, if I were to train with him more, I would just ask him not to pull guard. Because... I'm going to fight a guy like TJ. The guys I'm fighting aren't pulling guard. They're not going to be accepting to be on bottom no. and looking to transition to get on top. You know what I mean? If I was yeah. fighting like a Damian Maya, okay, but it's a completely different style. So that's that's that was that. I mean, it was cool. I had some fun showboating a little bit. He was taunting me. He was like telling me to shoot when he stood up with the last 30 seconds. I was like, no, you shoot. You shoot first. I'll shoot after. And, uh, and I told him after the match, too, it's all respect, but, you know, I like to have some fun. Yeah, yeah. No. But so random. I texted Sean Shelby. I was like, yo, I really competed last night. I'm sorry. I forgot he was in San Diego. I was like, yo, I just competed. Let's rage. Uh, I was on a high. <laughs> and then I forgot he was in San Diego. I texted him this morning. He was like, you shouldn't be competing um, if you got a fight signed. Um, I was like, yeah, I, I promised the last one 100%. So I don't know if he was too happy about that. <laughs> I, I was like, I was if I won, just, I told him dude, I won. If you got injured, then I think he'd really be mad. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. In but, hindsight, now he knows. He's like, oh, you won. But don't be doing that shit. I guess he has to kind of the say that. The fact that he said you shouldn't be doing that, like yeah. trying to stun you. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah. That's how it goes, though. You know, they want to make sure they protect their investments, so to speak. Investments. <laughs> um, but like other than that. Possession. Yeah. I think Maddie got a finish. He got a Darce finish. He said in he the, had a Darce and then he got tapped. And then he got tapped with the armbar. We saw the armbar. That kid was actually pretty good. And he was a lot bigger than Maddie, too. He was bigger. He was Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. So it was a nasty transition. The kid stepped over when Maddie postured up through the guard. He left his hand inside, and as a kid, Maddie went to pass. The kid threw the leg over and caught Maddie in the transition of the roll and managed to secure the thumb. And that's where he got a belly down. He could have probably fought out more, which I know he could have, but it's not a fight. You're not getting paid to mm -hmm. thousands of dollars to, to go out there and the compete. The most he would have won was like a pound of weed. Yeah. Oh, I got a trophy too. They gave me a they gave me a tube like this big, full of um. Uh, weed, weed, <laughs> some <laughs> cannabis. Fucking so. uh, no, he told me like he's like if I get in any if he gets my leg at all I'm tapping. Yeah, and then it kind of happened right away. And that's kind of how I felt. And uh, but I got my leg 
caught up and uh, I didn't tap. Well, I, it wasn't like debt to rights. That was the only reason. If I was debt to rights, like I said, I would have tapped. It's no, I don't win any trophies or awards for um, competing yeah. against um, guys that solely do jujitsu. I'm not a jujitsu fighter. I'm an MMA fighter. Yeah, you don't want to lose the the fight for just some little high rollers thing. Yeah, but high rollers is cool. They got like a cool thing going on. Yeah, that's like I don't know like how competitive it actually is, but it seems like. It's like a good brand in the space. Yeah, they were telling me if anytime we want to come down and train, we're more than welcome. That would be cool. I don't know if they got like cameras and shit all over the place, but I mean, it could be cool to get a little different scenery. Um, and they got the cage that we could use. Which was Kimbo Slice's look. cage. Was it really? That's what he told me, yeah. Oh, oh, so that's, that's uh, okay. Okay. That's why he was on, they had his like face on there. Yeah, because Maddie was saying something about Kimbo Slice. I'm like, why are we talking about Kimbo? And then he said RIP. But now it makes sense. <laughs> now it makes sense. I'm like, I don't get it. But, um, so anyway, Dominic Cruz. Dude, I don't know which fights you want to go over. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll start with the main event. We had a bunch of people over here watching the fights. and uh, Go check out the Fight Companion if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's on YouTube. You guys can check that, that shit's out. It's going crazy. Yeah, so I think it was a great stylistic matchup. And I said this before the fight that I think it's going to be a changing of the guards. And I think that's exactly what it was. Um, and the reason I'm saying this is because you got one guy who's not even 30 yet in Cheeto Vera. I think he's 29. And then you got Dominic Cruz, who's 37, man. So you got a guy who's much younger. Cheeto's birthday is actually in December. So he's much younger, more adorable. Like, you can see Cruz was flurrying and landing some good shots, but it just looked like it wasn't doing anything. And they still count because it's like my fight with Jan. I'm just touching him up. And I know nothing is landing is, like, going to really mark up his face or anything like that. But I'm scoring my points. I'm winning the fight kind of thing in my head. Um, that's the first fight. Um, obviously, he landed the more significant shots, which I don't. we don't need to go over that again. But what I'm trying to compare is the difference between the striking power and the durability of where these guys are in their career. So respect to Marlon because I think he had a great fight and a great finish. That was a nasty finish. No one's surviving that head kick in the Bantamweight division. No. They're all getting dropped or all getting buckled. Like, you're not just getting hit with that and just standing on your feet. I don't think so, at least. I don't know how any human alive could not be at least terribly stunned, stunned by that. Yeah. yeah. And he rolled into it, you know? It's not like he he, was, he rolled yeah. away. He rolled his head, dipped his head off the center line, into the head kick right on the nose, and I'm pretty sure that nose is broken. It looked, it was bleeding right away. It yeah. crooked. And crooked, yeah. So ah. that was nasty. That could not have felt good. No. Um... But I, other than that, I thought Cruz looked good, like, in terms of his skill set and the game plan. But I knew, just based on the Pedro Munoz fight, um, and uh, I don't think Casey Kennedy really, like, ever cracked him to really give us a look. But the, the fight with Cody Garbrandt, which was in 2016, Cody touched him, and he was kind of on... And Cody, Cody can crack. Yeah. So I got to be fair with that assessment. He's, like, known for that. Yeah. So, but you can see when he got hit, some of those shots, when your eyes are starting to roll in the back of your head, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the head kick. Of course, we know the head kick was a finishing blow. But the shots that really made me question that, if you watch the Dominic Cruz fight again with Cody Garbrandt, you'll see the signs of, okay, this guy might be a bit deteriorated at this point. And that was in 2016. We're talking 2022 now. So there's more time of sparring, more times of fights and getting ready for these camps. And we're not even talking about fights that might have even been canceled. 
and maybe him helping his other training partners doing extra rounds for those guys. So that's accumulated damage. So now you get to the Pedro fight. Pedro could crack too, but Pedro hit him with these shots that I don't think would have normally put him down years ago. The Dominic Cruz that was fresh on top fighting Uriah Faber, fighting um, Joey, Joey Benavidez, even a Mighty Mouse. And you could make the argument that those guys were smaller. Yes, they were smaller. But at that time, he was still able to take those shots and keep coming forward. I think that was the difference in the fight where in rounds one, two, and three, I felt like he got cracked with something in all those rounds that buckled him. Do you think it's just like his chin taking damage and like kind of being worn down through like the damage over the years? Or is it his age where the chin goes away? Or is it both? I think it's both. And I know some people were comparing him to Glover Teixeira. Like, oh, what about Glover? He's 42, 43, whatever. It's the same thing. Like Glover gets cracked with a good shot. He still goes down. But he manages to transition into a wrestling and survive. It's not like Glover's in there trading in the pocket, getting cracked with these hard shots, and then not really being phased. Like, you know when these guys are like Nate the Train and uh, what's his name? David Anima. Like, those guys are in the pocket trading, and they're getting hit with some clean shots, and they're still able to either keep their hands up or stay on their feet. Like, you know they got cracked good, but they're still there. They're not Eyes not rolling in the back of the head, and they're not buckling at the knees. They're staying there to get cracked. You're like, oh, you got hit with some shit, but you can still stay in there and still be cognizant of what's happening where Cruz was getting hit and it looked like the light shut off for a split second. That's the difference. If Cruz got hit at all, he was going to go down. Yeah. Like it felt like he had to completely avoid damage the whole fight to win, which he mostly did until that fourth round. That's what I think too. And, And of course he rolled his head into it. So that's the big difference. Um, Apparently, Cheeto scouted that he did that role yeah. often, and they like had that kick planned, I guess. Well, he went to the head kick multiple times, um, and one of them managed to land flush. Like Sometimes you know a guy do, does something, you're, like, you're going to be looking for it, but it doesn't mean you're going to necessarily land or hit it. But yeah. you just need to get lucky. I don't want to say lucky, but you just need to connect one time. And a shot like that, you connect one time, you're going night-night. If that motherfucker hit me with that shit, I'm probably going down to the canvas too and I'm in wrestling mode if I'm not put out. You know what I mean? Like, I dove headfirst into the knee of Marlon Marais and I know that is an instant car crash. So him slipping into the head kick, that's another car it's, crash. Yeah, it's like when you go into the crazy shot. Into the force, yeah. It's like, But it's like crazy force. It's into like, the force. It's not like going into a jab. It's like going into a full... Into the force. Into the force. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that place. <laughs> But yeah, into the force. <laughs> but uh, Cheeto said, like, after, in the press conference, that him and his team don't think that Dominic Cruz like has a good style for MMA because he like doesn't. Did you hear this? I gotta listen to it. I didn't hear the post fight interview yet. Um, uh, but I, I saw like, what do you call it? Uh, like captions. But I'm MMA like, man, junkie. I try not to put a lot of stock into captions until I actually get to listen to the actual interview in its entirety because okay, yeah. people just. Take out, they'll read a headline and run with it and think like that's gospel of what they were actually, I need context. So I need to listen to what he's actually saying to really understand his thought process. And I will say like listening to his past interviews, he's a very intellectual fighter in the sense of he understands what he's looking at. Sometimes when he articulates it, it might not sound like like you get him, but just when him talking like the post-fight interview about that in the cage and that type of thing, um, about him rolling into the head kick, like I said, I didn't finish the whole thing. But him talking about that, him talking a little bit beforehand, you could kind of get an idea that he is 
in tune with what with what's actually going on, whether or not that's him or his coaches that are explaining everything to him in detail. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like Dom was able to talk about what he's good at and what he does and brings to the table when they had that face to face. And I thought that was really cool how he broke him down right in front of him yeah. and told him everything that he knows he's good at and what he does and pretty much told him, like, I've seen it all already. Like, I already prepared for this. I'm ready to go. And Cheeto was kind of trying to say the same thing, but it wasn't as detailed and it wasn't as concise as the way Dominic Cruz was able to break it down. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. But I'm sure just listening to him talk about it, you, I kind of have the idea that this guy has his wits about him and understands what he's looking at. Cheeto. Cheeto. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, clearly, because he keeps finding these these holes in people where he can exploit and just get knockouts. Yeah. I have to say, I thought about it, like, a lot of his finishes come from kicks now. <clears throat> yeah, front kicks. Um, he's dangerous when you take him down, unless, you know, if you're just hanging out. If you did what Dominic Cruz did, just kind of controlling the arms, you'll be fine. Um, and then looking to pass where you could take away those elbows and uh, let him just hang out on his back, hope, and then he's just going to be looking for either a Kimura lock or some type of armbar. But that can only really happen when you're in the guard. When you pass the guard into half, contr- half guard or to side control, it makes it a lot more difficult to get that Kimura lock. I mean, primarily you'll see guys reaching over for that, but if you have any type of jiu-jitsu understanding, you'll understand that position and how to defend it the proper way, and then he'll just be sitting on his back fighting for a Kimura that's never going to happen. And then you're fighting the clock, you're fighting the judges, and uh, the guy's getting control time while potentially being able to land some damaging shots while being on top. So it's all about the IQ and, and breaking down the fight and your opponents. Like, if you stand in front of him, he's going to keep coming forward because he's durable. He's willing to take those shots off of his hands. And then hopefully he'll whip up a front kick, either a crescent kick he throws it, or straight to the body, or straight to the chin. Or he'll even step in and do that side hook kick that he likes to throw. So... I know pretty much what Cheeto does in and out, and I know if it connects, it's going to do some serious damage, and that's why you have to make sure you can avoid those big shots while doing damage, and if you could get him down, that's your path to victory in the same way Jose Aldo did it in the third round. I heard in the post-fight like uh, desk analysis, they were saying Cheeto has a lot of fights now where he's like... Losing? He's losing, and then he wins Yeah, because of a knockout. Giving up rounds. Giving up rounds. And, like, so you look at the guys ahead of him. He's ranked number five. Who is going to be able to – who is he going to be able to – Throw away rounds against? Yeah, like, like let's say he fought Peter Yan, right? They both give away rounds, kind of. (laughs) They do, both. But then you're not – it's probably going to be a lot harder to knock out Peter Yan and knock him down like that, you know? You're not – I mean, but if you can touch him on the chin through that high guard with a front kick – the I front kick, it. yeah, but the jabs that knock down Cruz, yeah, that's, that's not, not gonna, gonna happen. happen. No, so he's kind of had these matchups where it's like the guys don't have maybe as good. Frankie Edgar, they're older, they're still elite, they're legends, yeah. but they're like. Did he do that to Jose Aldo? Did uh, he drop Jose Aldo? I don't. Think I don't know. I, and this is in all seriousness. I don't remember I don't, if he even yeah. buckled him at all, like with a shot. I know he probably pressured him and then Aldo shot, but I don't remember him like, oh, he hurt him. That's why Aldo went for the takedown. I would have to go back and watch that. If I'm, obviously, I'm not getting ready for him, but it would be interesting to see a guy who's actually more durable in terms of being able to take shots still. And Aldo, we're known for getting tired, not that he can't take a shot. Yeah, That's the difference versus a guy like – and we know Font's good. You can, we can all sit here and say he's younger. This is very, very true. 
But Font has shown that if you touch him on the chin, even with Pedro Munoz, and this was probably like four or five years ago when he fought Pedro, Pedro threw a hook, caught him on the chin, and he did the stanky leg. He shot in on Pedro, and Pedro guillotined him. So people forget about these things, and I'm not just talking on my ass. Like, I actually watch the fights, and I break them down. You have to be honest. I can't be sugarcoating things and just hating on people, thinking that that's going to make me better, or my opponents, when they have, my teammates, when they have those matchups, that's going to make them win the fight. you got to be honest in the assessment, because that's the only way that you can truly go out there and perform the way you need to perform so that you have the proper skill set going into the fight and you're well prepared. So when I see that, the, the Rob Font knockout, the Frank Yeager, and it wasn't even a knockout. It's just the durability. And when yes. he fights someone who's going to be as durable as him, how does the fight go? Same thing we say about Sean O'Malley. Like, when he's the hammer, it's all good in, it's all good in games and, and funny games, but when he gets someone who could actually hammer him back, he got a little bit of a pushback from Pedro Munoz, and we saw how that ended up. He got that nasty TKO finish. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to. I just had to. <laughs> Seventeen and zero. Seventeen and zero. Nah, but my point is like the guys a, the guys the champion and then one two three and four. He's not gonna have, he's not gonna be able to like, get away with some of the things that he gets away with. I agree. So it's I gonna agree. be interesting to see his path forward. I mean, he fought Aldo already, who I think is ranked third, or fourth. I think Aldo's four now. Yeah. Well, I know it's Peter Jan is one, TJ's two. Corey? I I don't think Corey's three, right? Corey can't be is. three still. I feel like they bounced him a little bit. Maybe he's four. Go check the rankings. Only way to find out. Get to the bottom of this. You got to do. Yeah, fucking cookies. I don't know what those are. These fucking cookies. Okay, Aldo's three, San Hagen's four, Vera's five, Marab is six. I, so like even Mar- like I'd like to see him f- go against Marab or like it. It feels now though like Cheeto would definitely beat Sean if they fought again. I think so. I can see it that just happening. Fe- like Cheeto's beating like way higher level guys. Like it, it'll be hard for. I think their styles. They're both the same height frame. I think O'Malley picking him apart. He looked good, like he picked his shots, but Cheeto's going to be there to take those shots and looking for the kill shot all 15 minutes or all 25 minutes. And I think that's going to be the difference. Yes. And he doesn't wrestle. She, um, uh, Sean. Sean. Okay, but it, I, find, I feel like it would be – I think it would actually be closer, but I still think Cheeto would win. No, I, I, I would be, It'd almost be like Dom. Like it would be kind of like the Dom fight, I think, but with less – maybe not a knockout. We, I just don't know how hard O'Malley actually hits. That's what I'm saying. But I don't think he's li- as likely to get knocked out like that. Who's that? Sean. Sean? I mean, just Cheeto hit younger. him with one shot on the ground, and he... I mean, it is a ground and pound but he, shot. And he, but he did, you, have to say, you have to give him, like, he had the ankle thing. and then Wait, what does that have to do with your chin? Well, you're, your like, fucked up. Well, what does that have to do with your chin? No, I'm not... I mean, that was a hard shot, too, on the ground. I'm just saying, like, he... <laughs> no, that's not a hard shot. It was. Okay, it was a hard shot. I'm just saying, like the moment you kind of like, yeah. I can see him giving up in that. But I'm, I will say, I just feel like the one shot put him out, where he went limp on the ground and then came back, and then Cheeto woke him up. 
Cheeto. He, he woke him up with another shot. Or, oh, the, yeah. or the canvas hit his, the back of his head because he went limp and then it looked like he hit the canvas and then he woke back up. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the way I see that. But, yeah, man, it, and that's the crazy thing about this division. Like, you got Ricky Simone, Frankie Edgar still there at 12, O'Malley at 13, Umar Namagamedov at 14, Jack Shore at 15. It's a stacked division. And Cruz was eight, Font seven. So you got two. Let me let me go down the list of the guys. I think their chins are questionable at this point in their career. Uh, Rob Font seven, Dominic Cruz eight, uh, Frankie Edgar twelve, and that would be it. So it's three guys that are ranked in the top fifteen. That I think, if you get the right matchup, these guys can catch these guys and swap places and take their number. That's what I truly do feel. It's still a stacked division. And there's still guys on like win streaks that are competitive, and you got guys that are actually taking these chances and risk fighting people outside of the top 15. Mm -hmm. And most of these other divisions aren't doing that. So I think it's hands down the most competitive division right now. No doubt. Yeah. So because it's like it used, I think it used to be lightweight, but now lightweight, we've kind of seen the top five like really play out, and we just like know. It's. I just feel like it's a little bit less competitive. Then yeah, it's the same guys now. over and over. Yeah, that are in that and those guys at the top seem like they're kind of being pushed out a little, like yeah. they're about to be. It's nice. You got Gamrod at nine taking on Darius, who's six. Wonder if that could potentially get a title shot after the the winner between Oliveira and Makachev. Then you got Poirier, who's sitting at two. Gaethje at three. And if I'm Poirier, man, I don't think I'm fighting any young young and upcomers, man. Like. Like why these guys who, like, why would I? No. I've only fought for, for interim titles or uh, championships at this point in my career. So I was like, why am I going to go fight a Jalen Turner or a Demir Ismagulov? Ismagulov? Like, I ain't doing that shit. No. <laughs> or Rafael Fazeev. Maybe he could fight Fazeev. I think Fazeev that would, would be cool because it would be I, a striking match. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's an actual winnable f matchup for Poirier, even though I think Fazeev is really fucking good. I'm yeah. just saying, I think that would be more of the one I could look at and be like, if I'm going to fight somebody outside the top five, maybe that's the guy I go for. Him or RDA. But RDA just lost to Fazeev, and it's probably time for him to start thinking about what's next as well. It's kind of sad to, for me to even be talking about, like, what's next. Because I'm like, damn, man, I'm going to be there one day. 33 years old, guys. I can't do this much longer. I don't know how much longer I could do this. I mean, as long as I don't really get hit, and I don't have to find out how much of a chin I still have, maybe I can stick around a little bit longer, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I was thinking about blood. this. They want blood. I'm going to give you guys blood. I was thinking about this. Like, does that, I guess, affect you emotionally? A little bit. I think so. Because, like, what do you do after fighting? Uh, I don't know. That's, like, a deep-ass question. I get Sorry. a lot of people that tell me, like, you know, come over here, do the real estate, or they think I should be a commentator or take on the coaching role and maybe open up my own gym. I'm like, I, I don't know if my heart will be in that. I still want to be a part of the sport. I just don't know how involved I want to be, like, taking on someone's career and really trying to manage it, manage it, manage it. And travel gooder, for them all the try time. Try to make it gooder. Think about uh, how much Ray, like, leaves his home. It's a lot. That's why he only typically comes out for fights on, like, a Friday or Thursday night, late Thursday night. And then he goes home Saturday like morning. He, how many different times has he come into Vegas for contender in the past month? Yeah. I told him, just rent the room, bro. <laughs> bring Vilma we'll set you guys up you guys can hang out at my house or Marab across the street it's all good yeah that would actually be sick yeah I'm That's like Vilma would be happy you'll be here with her and it'll That's be a change wife. of pace 
I'm like, yeah, what else you got to going on back home? You know, you can leave the gym for a little bit. Yeah, really. Let Let's, Steve, yeah, let Steve, Steve run is it. good, yeah. <laughs> Steve, you got this under control, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> what was I about to say? Um, I don't know, but I want to give a shout out to Bow Valley Barbecue. Thank you guys for sponsoring this episode's podcast. Go check these guys out. Bow Valley Barbecue. Got the shirt on. And they got a whole lot of flavors. Killer ketchup. The ketchup's actually really good. The total jerk is really good. I haven't tried the Merlot yet, and I, I can't wait to try the sticky icky. Uh, I forget the full name of it. And my fiance loves barbecue sauce. So hopefully we try this one, and this one's a banger because she's all about sauces. And like I said, she's a big Buffalo girl. So hopefully this one like is the one that she's like, money. You know, so uh, shout out to these guys. Whatever you do, definitely keep doing the podcast. <laughs> Well, I'm never going to stop talking fights. I watch yeah. the fights every week, yeah. so might as well. But you're actually like really good at that. So do good. something where you talk about fights. Well, thank you, my, my guy. <laughs> I am deeply honored by your words. Um, this next fight, which was the co-main event, we're not going to talk about all these fights, but Nate Landwehr versus David Anima. What a banger. Anima should have finished the fight in the first round when he clubbed him. And could not get the job done. I feel like he shot his load and gave Nate the train, whose mama ain't raised no bitch. Dude, that made me want to move to Tennessee even more. I don't know about that. <laughs> that made me afraid of those hyped. Tennesseans. I was like, is this how everybody in Tennessee get down? Okay, but imagine Jeez. going to the bars with that guy. It's dangerous. That'd be lit, dude. Shit, that guy might just start a brawl for no reason. Dude, you're dangerous to go out with. No, I don't get into fights, though. I feel like this guy is probably like, um, that guy's looking at me funny. What's up? Yeah, but you go hard. Sometimes. And late. Sometimes. And then, we like walk, then we're strip. walking through Austin to get back to the hotel at like <laughs> 5 in the morning. Yeah, good times. Yeah, we were out late. Was it 5 in the morning? No, I wasn't that late because everything closed a little bit earlier than that. We finished at 4 in the morning. Yeah? And then we were walking back. Well, I don't know. Either that or like 2.30. But I think we were just bar hopping. It was a good time, though. Yeah. For the Rogan pod. (laughs) But this fight was a banger, man. Nate Landwehr, I said, I was like, yo, he's way too slow for this guy. And then Anima was tagging him up, piecing him up. And it looked like he was about to get the fight stopped in the first round. Nate Landwehr, the toughness, the durability. Um, How old is he? Because I want to say the youth, but I don't want to misspeak. He's 34, bro. And that's the difference. Nate? A guy like yeah, 34 years old, I just said on topology. What the fuck? So the fact that he can take a shot like that at that age gives me hope. Tennessee. <laughs> Nashville, baby. It gives me hope. Because that's what I'm talking about. Guys that can actually take take out, take what they can dish. Like Cruz could dish it, but he can't take those shots anymore. Those but to be shots. fair though, he got up quick. Oh, for what? Cruz. From that heck kick? No, no. I was, like, I was like, come on, bro. The other shots what are you talking about? I was like, no, what, no, fight, no. what fight did you watch? No, 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 no. The other shots. Well, he buckled and he sat down like he was playing musical chairs real quick and got right back up. I'm just saying he got up quick, to be fair. He, but, but then he got... It's not good when your legs shut out and then you just get back up. Yeah. I mean, kudos to you. Off a jab. No, yeah. I'm saying, I know it's not good, but yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. oh, to be fair. But it's not... What's 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 fair in this situation? It's not it's not like black and white. What I'm saying is, if that's starting to happen, you have to question and wonder how much longer can you possibly do this before you're doing 
damage that's probably going to be irreversible or more compounded because of the amount of times that it's happening. Like, how many more times are you really willing to risk that in training? And we don't know what his training looks like in terms of the sparring rounds. They're using big gloves, which means more impact um, and more repeated blows that you're probably willing to take. And then you get into the fight. How many of those moments are you willing to have before you're like, man, maybe I should just chill? Like, even like Frank Edgar, like, I love the dude, legend of the sport, pioneer. But I don't want to see this guy taking more shots where it's like, dude, you're literally having your feet buckled, your knees buckled every single time. I think it's time to find, figure out what's next. Yeah, at that point, it's like, why? 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 What makes you want to do it? Yeah. If, like, every fight, you have to not get hit at all. Yeah. Which is, like, almost impossible. Which is not, at that point, you're not even fighting anymore. Yes. The fight is, like, we want to see, like, the, the, the give and take. Yeah. Nate Landwehr versus David Anima. That's the give and take. There was no give and take in Cruz versus Cheeto. It was more like, I'm hitting, and I don't want to get touched, because if I get touched... We saw what happens, and it, no, those shots weren't even the biggest shots until the front, the head kick. But no, that's especially the first the one that dropped him. Yeah, but like I was like, come on, the, man, that, look, that was hard, heartbreaking to watch. The land wear and the Anima fight, like, how, there's only like probably two or three years where you can have fights like that. Oh, 100 percent. And then it's like a small window, and then you, it's not gonna be the same you anymore. Can't keep getting hit. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever been hit like a lot? Like, how many fights have you taken a ton of damage? Only really one. Well, two, but that, that one was... I'm not Pedro, counting Mariah's. Pedro Munoz was mostly leg kicks that I took a lot of damage from. Um, the headshots, I was really good at evading and getting my head off the center line to avoid those punches. Um, he did catch me with a nasty uppercut that kind of turned my body. I was like, oh, shit. I tried to go to the liver shot, and I tried to fake it, and then he just caught me with a nasty right uppercut that had me like, oh, that didn't feel good. Let's uh, reset a little bit. But you're not standing there in your trading, career nah, trading. no. Nah. And then you got the Piotr Jan fight, the first one, where I just had to show my toughness. Like, yo, dude, I'm not going anywhere. Like, you, I, I talked a big game, and I'm going to go out on my shield if I have to go out on my shield. In the first fight, when he land, right in the first round, he landed that one that knocked you down? Yeah. That was a really hard shot. I would say so, but I feel like it was more like I didn't see it coming. Okay. Because I was landing so much that I was like – thinking and this is what i'm thinking in the middle of the fight like i know i'm tired going into the fight but as i'm piecing them up i land the two flying knees and i take them down i throw the two stupid hammer fists that lets them get back up and then i'm like this is too easy too easy i'm like I, i'm at 50 percent, whatever percent you want to say i'm at and i'm doing all this to this guy who's the terminator slash boogeyman of the division and then out of nowhere he goes i throw a lazy jab and he goes whap whap and I, I don't see it. It just hit. I go, oh, what the fuck? He just hit me with. It. <laughs> I literally got up like this. Yo. Like I don't know if you guys have ever watched Russia. I was like, which one of y'all just hit me? <laughs> Chris Tucker. <laughs> it was literally like one of those moments. I was like, oh, oh shit. I was God. like, okay, we're in a fist fight. That's hilarious. We are in a fist fight. So, but that, you don't count that as like a, what Dominic Cruz is getting dropped with. Like you don't look back at that and like worry like your chin's going. No. Okay. I ate a lot more shots after that too. So I'm not too worried about. Okay. But yeah, you haven't ate a lot of shots to the chin in your. No, career I haven't. To, compared to most guys, because you back hug. I, I back hug a lot. <laughs> Give me that back, <laughs> son. You wrestling. <laughs> Give me you that back, son. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what else. That's, that the fight, that fight was insane. Yeah. Tennessee Nate. I'm gonna call him that now. But um, 
but yeah, that was a that was an insane fight. I think Nate showed his toughness. He's not the fastest guy at 145, but he's going to be in some fun, fan-friendly fights to watch. If you want to see a guy who's willing to eat a shot, to land a shot, that's going to be him. I love that every time he he dropped him to the ground, he gets up. He's like, it looked like like um, which WWE wrestler? Who's like, uh, I forget who it is, but he just keeps doing this, and he's like, ah, ah. I I thought that was hilarious. And then the one time he turned his back completely to the crowd to do that, I'm like, dude, if I'm on a run, I see this guy doing that, I'm charging as much energy as I have trying to clap him. Kind of like Billy Q and Spike Carlisle. Uh, when he turned his back, he, he thought the buzzer rang, he turned his back, and Billy got up and punched him while his back was turned. It caught him right on the chin. I was like, yo, Did he bro. knock him out? No, nah, nah, I think he might have buckled him, maybe dropped him, I don't even know. But he caught him. Smart, though. Yeah, I'm like, dude, don't turn your back on. There's still time on the clock. Yeah, what are you doing? Um, so that's what happened with that, and uh, yeah. Damn. So, dude, does it when you're in a fight? Like this might sound so stupid, so don't judge me. Yeah. But when you're in a fight, like how much do you feel the punches? Like, because I've heard some people say like it's like a psychedelic experience. You don't really feel anything until after. Yeah, you, you don't really feel it unless it's something that stung you good, where you like your equilibrium, like the tempo, or your chin, where you really get wobbled, or you're in the bridge of the nose. But sometimes I'm so in the moment that I'm like, right now, if I would get hit, like, ow, I felt that. Where I'm not like super riled up the way I used to be um, because I try to be a little bit zoned in, but at the same time, um, not too hyper-focused where it zaps your energy. So I try to be like a little bit of a balance. But I do think when you get cracked a couple of good times, you don't really feel it, but you know that it's accumulating damage in the sense of like, okay, I can't take too many of those. At least if you have any type of brain, you should be like, okay, I probably shouldn't take too many more of those type of shots. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I think at least. Uh, are you worried that Cheeto could knock you out? Because people are saying that you were I mean, I'm worried about Cheeto. anybody could knock me out. Yeah, like, no, I'm just, because people in the comments were saying like, oh, he, he's, he's afraid of Cheeto, that's why he's rooting for Cruz. No, I actually rooted for Cruz because he's a pioneer of the sport, and I've always wanted to fight him myself, and uh, I really enjoy watching him. But yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just glad I'm I'm on the top of this division right now, where things are still getting heated up and things are still being switched up, and it's like comforting for me to be like, okay. I'm the guy that's actually sitting on the throne, which is still surreal to me. Like every time I watch the fights and there's like a bantamweight main event and they show like the rankings and I see my name at the top, I'm like, wow. I legit have to sit back and go, I can't believe I actually did it. It's actually mind blowing to me. So it's like still a surreal feeling because I, I still forget like this belt is still, it's actually mine, like earned. And no handouts, no easy road, no, no slim pickings, no, no, yeah, no guys that I'm, could just knock out or just steamroll and submit in like two minutes. I didn't get those kind of matchups. These guys gave me tough matchups. I think I only fought three guys that were unranked my entire UFC career. That's insane. Yeah. So how many got unranked? Some respect on that. Like even Cheeto, Cheeto's fought a lot of unranked guys. The guys like he's got the most finishes. But we talk about the resume, the the, the depth of people that were ranked versus unranked. And again, I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying like what I've done gives me confidence going into these matches with any one of these guys. And again, Cheeto could knock me out and I could very well TKO his ass or choke his ass out unconscious. I really do believe that. So not 
anything to do with him beating Cruz because I'm afraid. Like, dude, Cruz could do the same shit to me. Like, it's a fight. It's yeah. a fucking fist fight. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. Like, David Anima was like a three to one favorite. Who would have thought the fight was going to go like that? He was like minus 280. The other guy was plus 340. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and he lost. This is why you fight, you know? So you control your own destiny, just like anything in life. And uh, it is what it is. Um, I mean, any- I was going to talk about these other fights, but honestly, I think we're good. I think these are the main ones. I mean, we'll give some shout-outs. Um, Tyson Nam actually knocked out my boy, Ode Osborne. That was unfortunate. Nina Nunez, she beat Cynthia Cavilla by split decision. That sucked. I was really rooting for Cynthia. I don't know what's going to happen now for her because she just won two. That's four in a row for her. That's tough, man. It's really tough. You know what we could talk about before we go? Uh, Paul, Luke Rockhold and Paula yeah. Costa. Well, we're going to do that for the podcast for Oh, pay-per-view. we're going to do another one? Yeah, okay. yeah. And then Angela Hill... Comes back after being cracked early in that first round. Beats Lupita Godinez. GM3 beating Bruno Silva, which is fascinating. I do want to touch on this quickly because Bruno Silva gave Alex Pereira a really good match and very competitive, lost a decision. And then he goes against GM3, who everyone probably thought was going to lose. I'm not going to lie, I did too. And I just, because I was biased on how well he did with the guy who's now fighting for a title. And... Yeah. He goes out, he dr- cracks him, and Mershaw's not the fastest guy at 185. He's not the most durable guy at 155, but he's resilient. Like, he's going to, I know you could say durable and resilient. In terms of, like, if you crack him, you could probably put him out um, the way Hamza did. I mean, but that was such a clean, accurate shot. I think he just caught him when he wasn't, like, expecting it. But I think when you have someone like that, like he's willing to take his licks to hopefully find a submission, and that's what he does best, I think. Um, with this one, he was getting me very, very scared when he was pulling his head out of the way from those shots with his hands down. I'm like, dude, I'm just seeing your chin get clipped at any given moment. And he managed to survive. and Not, not to say survive, but he managed to not get touched in those big shots and eventually he found a shot, cracked him, and then submitted his ass, which is... Very, very impressive. And I think that was sick. Yeah, I think that was like four. So he lost. That was four out of five. And he, I think now he has the most submissions in that weight class. Which is respectable, man. For a guy like that who's not like the most talented guy, but um, in terms of like athletically gifted, but a guy who works hard and he's going to go. You know, those are the guys I respect, man, because they don't have all the the God's greatest tools given to man. As a as an athlete, and he still finds a way to make it work. Yeah, super impressive. That's that's the game. Yeah. Well, it was cool because he he could have like gone for the TKO. Yeah. But he went in and like finished the purposely trip went for the submission. He's like, nah, you're gonna like, remember I'm getting this. this record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was sick because he could have like fumbled the bag there. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent, and tired himself out or something. But went to his bread and butter and got the finish and yeah. got him out of there. Cool. Um, but we'll wrap this up. Um, once again, shout out to Bow Valley Barbecue. Go check those guys out on the gram or their website. Now, I actually don't have a code, um, but just want to give these guys some love. Thank you guys for sending all the stuff to Mikasa. Um, appreciate you guys. And as always, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit or spin it back fist, baby. Bow, 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 bow.
Man. All right. Take it easy. Peace. Peace.